Soul care matters because you matter to Christ. What affects your soul affects your body, and you are only as helpful to others as you are healthy. Welcome to the Soul Care Matters podcast. Welcome back to the Soul Care Matters podcast. We've got an important episode today about a topic that comes up all the time. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Berg, alongside Jeff Ballard. And today we're talking about forgiveness. This has got to be top five, probably most common things that I talk about in my counseling. And we get a lot of feedback that that's similar for other counselors. But to start off with, Jeff, tell me something that you had to ask forgiveness for, like maybe when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. So, There are lots of things, but there's one situation that comes to mind that I think back on where I'm just like, I can't believe I did that. I was a pretty good natured kid. I, you know, didn't get into a lot of trouble, but there was this one time, I can't remember how old I was. I was young, probably like eight or nine. And my mom had a friend over and her friend had a daughter who was probably about my age or maybe a little younger. And she had this doll that she just loved and it was trash day. I knew that. Oh boy. I knew the garbage truck would be coming soon. And I don't know why, but I thought it would be a good idea to sneak this doll away, oh, no. put it in the trash. Oh. And I literally watched the garbage truck come and dump the trash with the doll into the back and squish it down. And it was at that moment where I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, what? What? Did I just oh, do? No. And I had to fess up to it yeah. and, and ask for forgiveness. And this girl was just devastated. Okay. Yeah, that was probably one of the more painful memories of having to ask for forgiveness for me. Not to self. Don't take. Watch your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let Jeff near any I, of your stuff. I haven't done anything like that okay, since, okay, though. Okay. You know, that's Learned been 35 years or yes, so. Yes. So what about, what about you, Ryan? Yeah. So interestingly enough, the story I thought of also involves a doll. <laughs> so it's Christmas morning, 1990, early 90s something. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, I don't know, six, seven years old. And my sister got this, like, I don't know if you remember these, but like, my sister is four years older than me, a little over four years older than me. And she got like a Barbie head that was life size that you could style its hair. Oh, okay. And it was all about the hair or whatever. And I could have sworn that I saw the commercial on TV for this thing that if you cut the hair, it would grow back. And so she was so excited. This is the one thing that she wanted. And she was just over the moon. But at some point during that day on Christmas, I cut that doll's hair off hmm. like all of it. Wow. And I was just wow. like waiting for it to grow back. I was like, what? And so then she comes in the room and realizes what has happened. And she is hysterical. Mm. What happened? Why did you do You know, all of this stuff. And I'm sitting over here like, I'm just, it'll grow back. Well, <laughs> apparently I was wrong. It doesn't grow back. And she was just so upset. And I guess those were real expensive too. So I think mom and dad were less than impressed as well. Yeah. And I had to ask forgiveness for that, even though I still to this day, I'm like, I could have sworn that that commercial yeah. said, but I still like something that didn't belong to me. I chose to, yeah, you know, mess with it or whatever. Well. You're, you're still better than me. At least you thought the hair will grow back. I, I put that doll on the trash. No, and I think it was going in the garbage truck. It was gone forever. Well, I got to tell you, 
both dolls ended up at the same place. So. <laughs> Man, we've we've got a lot in common. I know. I, guess. I know. Don't don't let any of your children's baby dolls be near me or Jeff. They're probably not going to survive. Well, Jeff, tell us a little bit about forgiveness. I mean, it seems like something that's a pretty simple concept, but it's one of those things that I often describe as may, might be simple conceptually, but it's really really hard and how it plays out in everyday yeah. life. Yeah, it is hard because we're dealing with things that are personal and oftentimes very painful. And so the reality of forgiveness is that we're choosing to absorb pain that's inflicted on us and not to strike back Mm. or to take revenge. And so it's, it's really hard. So that's one thing. And then another thing is that oftentimes I find that while we think we understand what forgiveness is, there's a lot of misconceptions among Christians Mm. about what it means to forgive and what are the implications that go along with that for relationships. And sometimes that can make it hard for a person to forgive somebody else if they have wrong ideas about what that should look like. Yeah. So in its simplest terms, Maybe how would you define that for someone who's like, okay, what does forgiveness really look like? Yeah. So maybe start with just basically what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is when we've been sinned against. So something, a, a wrong has to be done to us. It's not that the other person made a mistake or something about their personality is annoying to us. You know, it's, it needs to be a, a moral wrong done against us. Mm. And forgiveness means that we choose not to pay that person back. We wipe the slate clean in terms of not holding that person's sin against them. A great metaphor to use that the Bible itself uses is a debt. Mm. So when, you know, so say I commit a sin against you, Ryan, I create a relational debt against us. So I I owe you in a sense because of the wrong that I did to you. Forgiveness means you wipe that debt away. You don't make me pay because of the wrong that I've committed. Yeah. So w- one question that that who determines what qualifies and what doesn't is something that needs to be forgiven. I get to decide. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Yeah. I mean, that brings up a good point. Sometimes some of the most complex, difficult situations. There's disagreement on whether that was a wrong. So at the end of the day, though, I mean, God gets to decide what's wrong. And I know that doesn't solve all the problems. Sometimes there's still gray areas, but we we have to look at what what does God's word say about how relationships work and how we're to treat one another and what we're not to do. So, you know, I, I can't come and confront you because, you know, I have this huge expectation for what it means for us to be friends and you're not meeting, you know, we're supposed to hang out five nights a week. Why, why won't you hang out with me five nights a week? Well, God's word never says that that's how relationships have to work. I think that's a really good point. There's a difference between sin being sinned against or sinning against someone and simply disagreeing Yeah, or or having unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. Expectations could be a whole nother episode that we have sometime. I I say all the time, expectations kill relationships faster than just about anything because you can almost never meet that. But I think you can have a disagreement with somebody even a passionate disagreement about something that doesn't cross the line into sinning against, but, you know, throwing someone's doll away or... That is obvious and clear. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But Or or even even something along the lines of assuming the worst of someone and Mm -hmm. acting accordingly. That comes up a lot in my office. And I think there's need for forgiveness in those particular instances. Mm -hmm. So that's a helpful, I think, healthy paradigm like disagreement and sinned against are not the same thing. So God gets to make the call on what 
yeah. forgiveness is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one other thing I'd add to that too. If, you know, if two people are, you know, at odds with one another because one thinks the other sinned against them and is holding on to that relational debt, or they can't agree on whether the wrong, there, there was a wrong committed, bringing an, a wise friend in to help yeah. can be a, could be a, a wise move because, you know, having just that objective third party. And I, I think the Bible commends that, you know, in a passage like Matthew 18 to, to bring in other people to help facilitate conversations like that. And, and often they just help you understand. I don't want to say this like flippantly, but sometimes a third party can come in and say that it seems like maybe a bigger deal is being made here than what necessarily have, mm-hmm. has to be made. What might it look like to agree to disagree and be fine Yeah, and be okay? So yeah, that's really helpful to have the third party. So Jeff, let's say that I'm the sinned against party and I'm being asked for forgiveness and I'm having a hard time doing that. How should I process through that? Yeah. Well, I think a good question to ask is, you know, what are the reasons why I'm having a hard time forgiving this person? I think there can be a number of reasons why people have a hard time forgiving. One is I find a lot is they think if I forgive this person, I have to open myself up to be hurt in the same way again. And sometimes that's because we think forgiveness is the same as trust. Mm -hmm. We think if I forgive this person, then I have to completely 100% trust them. Maybe like I did before, you know, they did this or maybe even more than I did before. And the reality is forgiveness and trust aren't the same thing. They're related to one another, but forgiving somebody is a, is an event for the most part. It's an event, but trust is a process that has to be rebuilt and that's okay. So I just want to be sure that I'm hearing you clearly forgiveness and trust, not the same thing. Mm -hmm. A question that I've gotten from time to time, I'd love to get your take on is a lot of times when forgiveness is asked for, it's in the course of some kind of reconciliation or restoration process. Mm -hmm. And specifically that second term restoration seems to indicate or imply restoring a relationship to where it was previously. And that forgiveness is the necessary like path to that. Yeah. Help me reconcile that. Yeah. You know, in, in a lot of situations, forgiveness is the doorway to reconciliation and the ideal is restored relationship. But I think we all know that there are cases where that's not a reality. It's not even desirable. So for example, a married couple gets divorced, maybe, you know, for biblical grounds, one, one of them remarries But at that point, perhaps there still could be forgiveness granted and reconciliation at some level, but that's not going to mean they get remarried and their relationship is restored to what it was before. That would be inappropriate. So is that the misconception that restoration of the relationship means back to what it was? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I wonder wonder if the term restored even being defined in this particular context is helpful because I get this question a lot. So it's interesting how this happens especially in like a marriage relationship that's fractured. Mm -hmm. The person who committed the sin may be really repentant and moving towards the spouse. And and again, this is not exclusive to marriage. This happens in friendships and parent-child relationships, boss-employee relationships. But whoever committed the sin might have conviction from the Holy Spirit, a repentant heart, and is moving towards asking for forgiveness and attempt to restore the relationship. Well, the person who has been sinned against, that can be challenging. Like you said before, something has been broken there. Something has been breached. Offense has been committed Mm -hmm. there. And that can be hard to come back from quickly. 
for a lot of people. But the party who initially maybe sinned or, or did the offending is saying, I'm standing here trying to restore this relationship. Mm-hmm. And and that seems very justifiable, even biblically. Yeah. The restoration of relationships. So is there is there a misconception in there about what restore means? Yeah, I, th- I think there could be. Or a misconception about the timeline mm. in which that should happen. Oftentimes, like, yeah, if we've sinned and we're repentant, and we know, you know, I know I'm, I'm genuinely repentant and yeah. I'm committed to being different, but the person who's been hurt it's okay for them to want some time to to see that the repentance is genuine for for me to give evidence mm. of that and so I think it's it can be either yeah misconception about what restoration is or what what the timeline should look like mm. about restoration I mean we have yeah we we have to realize that sins hurt (laughs) and just because somebody you know just because i ask you for forgiveness doesn't take the pain away right away Mm -hmm. and doesn't mean that you're ready even if you do forgive me to step right back into the same kind of relationship and open yourself Mm -hmm. up now i think the goal should be yeah sure most of the time that the relationship should go back to the way it was or probably even be better because we've experienced that with one another i don't know is that is that good i I think so i I guess what would you add i'm really just kind of thinking out loud here but i get i get a little hung up on the word restore i think yeah in my mind i'm thinking restoring i think there's a difference between restoring a relationship to the way that it was prior to the sin or the offense. And then I think when the sin or the offense happens, that relationship is is very broken. Like there's a, I don't want to say an ending, Mm -hmm. but like there's, there's, a gap then like yeah. if you think of a relationship as a line like that line gets broken and i don't know that forgiveness or restoration of the relationship is going to the broken place and reconnecting the line i think it's essentially coming back to the line and making the choice to move forward maybe with caution mm-hmm. because trust needs to be rebuilt over time but i think it's making the choice to engage in this relationship and not hold against the person Mm-hmm. what you have chosen to forgive. But I don't know that it necessarily, I think it can, but I don't know that it necessarily means restore it to what it looked like before. Does that Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we're saying the same. I think, yeah. I think the ideal in most cases is that it, it would. Yeah. But sometimes it's just not possible. Right. You know, other factors have to be taken into consideration. Sometimes the safety of a person right. has exactly. to be taken into consideration. Like abuse situations, like yeah. if I have a family member abuse one of my children, Mm -hmm. we would want to work through the process ideally of forgiving that person, but I'm not letting that person be with my kids anymore ever again. Exactly. Yeah. And it's (laughs) those extreme cases that are in my mind of like restoring it to what it was. I don't know that that's really in the cards. Yeah. Yeah. But, and maybe that, that's a term. Yeah. But we, I don't think we should keep those extreme cases from Allowing us to focus on the reality that most of the time forgiveness should lead to reconciliation and restoration right. of relationship Absolutely. where, yeah, not, not only should it go back to the way it was, but maybe even be better right. because we've experienced something profound mm-hmm. when we ask for and then give forgiveness to one another. We're reenacting the death and resurrection yeah, of Jesus absolutely. in relationship. And that's, that ought to change us individually, but also change the relationship. I think that's helpful. And also a good segue to another question, Jeff. So biblically, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? What's our, 
What's our responsibility there? Yeah. Well, a couple of things come to mind that are really important. The first is we are called to, commanded to forgive one another. And the basis for that is the reality that we have been forgiven by God through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so at the logic there just makes sense to me that, wow, if, if we've needed that forgiveness and we've been forgiven so much by God through Jesus, of course, I would extend that forgiveness to others. And so, you know, a passage like Ephesians 4, 32 says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So I think that's the core of what the Bible says about our responsibility to forgive one another. Mm -hmm. Some other passages that come to mind are just passages that really emphasize the importance of unity and relational harmony among believers in particular. Again, Ephesians is full of that kind of language. I think of, you know, the Gospel of John and Matthew 18, those kinds of passages where the the unity of the body of Christ is so important important and treasured in God's heart, that we ought to do everything we can to work for that unity. And forgiveness is a huge part of that. There, there can be no unity, no harmony, no peace among the body of Christ unless we are willing to radically forgive one another a lot. Yeah. Because we sin and we break relationships all the time. So I think that's truly helpful. I'm, I'm thinking of many faces in my mind of people who would say, so my responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to forgive this person who maybe did this atrocious thing to me. Yeah. Uh, like I hear those words and the first thing that comes to mind is I think you might be conflating forgiveness and trust again. Yep. Like that those are the same thing. Or maybe I've even had this comment made. It feels like forgiving this person means that I'm saying I'm okay with what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually the opposite though. If you think about it to forgive somebody is saying that was wrong. Yeah. That was a sin against me. And the only thing that could actually deal with that sin is the death of God, the son. And so you actually in forgiving something, you're treating it with great seriousness. Yeah. And actually dealing with it rather than just kind of going, that's no big deal. The other thing is, I think it's okay for us to expect that when we forgive somebody, that will actually have an impact on them Mm -hmm. and that it will, it will help them to change how they relate to me, but, but others as well. I mean, that's the logic again of the cross is that the forgiveness we receive should change us. Impacts us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this question. Who is forgiveness for in a, in a scenario where you've sinned against me or I've sinned against you, regardless, if forgiveness needs to be, needs to be part of that relationship, mm-hmm. who is that for? Help me understand what you're... Yeah, so I, I think, I think of it a lot of times this way. When you are, when there's a fence between you and somebody else, mm-hmm. when there's sin between you and somebody else, that actually hurts both parties. Yeah. When forgiveness is asked for, it seems like forgiveness is completely for the person who's asking for it. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I often... Tr- like encourage people to think about it's also for you as the offended party as something that you no longer have to hold on to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this is especially poignant and helpful in terms where you've been sinned against by somebody and maybe they're not asking for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and you offer it anyway. Yeah. Which is really hard. Mm -hmm. Like that's about as hard as it gets. Yeah. But there have been a couple of times in my life where I have chosen to forgive someone because I needed it to no longer 
longer be something that consumed my mind Mm -hmm. and my life. Yeah. And so it it wasn't really for the other person. (laughs) I think it was for me. But I also think that it's a way that God lets me engage in freedom from the devastating effects that sin between brothers and sisters has. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And so going along with that, when, when we are forgiving somebody else... There might not be any greater time during the day or that week when we're being more Christ-like. And if the goal of our faith is that we're becoming more and more like Christ, we're reflecting what God is like to the world around us. Forgiveness is an opportunity. Now, I'm not a sadomasochist. It's not like I'm delighting in the pain of that situation and and even the pain that that forgiveness can be. But man, if, if Christians can see forgiveness as an opportunity to be like Christ and to reflect God to that other person and maybe to other people around who are witnessing the situation. What a, what a gift, right? I seem to recall someone preaching recently that Christ is known in places by the nature of the relationships between his people. Yeah. And I think that there's no better way to illustrate that than for forgiveness to be given for genuinely hard and, pardon my language, crappy things Mm. that happen between people. Yeah. I can think of several different occasions where I have been present when somebody was deeply sinned against. Yeah. And seeing that person at either then or at other times offer forgiveness, my goodness. Yeah. What a what a powerful and there's so many examples of this in scripture too, right? Especially in the life of Jesus where he offers forgiveness. Yeah. But it's a it's a tough thing to reconcile your mind yeah. and your mind. But you're right though, it, it can just it can be a powerful thing for us as the one who is extending forgiveness to be able to do that. Like I remember there was a season in my life where I was really wrestling with a, a hurt that had been committed against me and having a hard time forgiving and just letting go of that. And remember, I took a whole day in this quiet place with a book on forgiveness called Unpacking Forgiveness Mm -hmm. by Chris Bronze, which I highly recommend. I read like most of that book in that day and was just working to try to apply it to this situation. In that one day, like God just met me. It doesn't always happen this way, but God just met me and really helped me to to extend that forgiveness and to to really let go. And and it it was like it unlocked something within my soul and helped me to walk in this new freedom of, wow, I I am loved by God. I've been forgiven so deeply. Yes, I can, I can let go of this and extend grace to this person because of the gift that I've been given. And it was, it changed my thinking. It changed my mood. It changed my sense of my relationship with God. So yeah, it can be really powerful for the one who is doing the forgiving as well as obviously the one who is being forgiven. I one time heard David Pallison describe it like, say that you have the flu and you're like really, really sick. I'm talking like can't get out of bed sick. And it's well, as soon as you start to feel better and have energy, like your whole world is so bright and shiny after that because you're like, I can move, I can eat, I can go outside and walk around and not just feel like crud the whole time. Mm -hmm. I one time heard him say, when forgiveness is given, you often feel similar. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. Things just seem better when you do that. So I got one more tough question for you. Okay. Let's say that you have sinned against someone and you have asked for forgiveness and it's not being given. Mm -hmm. How do you, as the one who has asked for it and is not receiving it, how do you reconcile that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm going to start with saying what not to do because I see this, you know, all the time and it's a huge temptation. One of the temptations that Christians have, especially, is to respond by saying, but you're commanded mm. to forgive me. Mm. <laughs> you know, like you're, oh, yeah. you're supposed to forgive me. You're sinning by not forgiving me. Or maybe maybe it's 
they don't say it that directly, right. but sort of place this expectation on them. And I, I would say part of me thinks that actually might be evidence that you're maybe not fully repentant, hmm. you know, to, to demand or expect forgiveness right wow. away. So I would encourage just giving space to that person. Maybe even ask the question, is there anything I could do that would help you to, to extend that forgiveness? Hmm. I want to, I want to give you space, but I just want, you know, if there's anything I can do to yeah. demonstrate my repentance, to help you in that. Just please let me know that. And I think you give them space and allow them to, to process that because we just, just because it's commanded that like that command is for me and my forgiveness. It's not a command that I can use to beat other people over the head of what they must do. And that's really important. And then just, again, one of the marks of genuine repentance is acknowledging the hurt that I've caused and how that can make it very hard to forgive uh, for other people. So yeah, Sometimes it's communicating how I I understand that I've hurt you and that sometimes can unlock that. And sometimes it's just simply flip the roles. Mm -hmm. If the sin you committed against them were committed against you, would you at this stage of whenever it's being asked for, be like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Seldom is that the case (laughs) in my experience. Like it's hard. It's hard to come back from that. Human beings are wired, I think, by our creator to dislike pain. Pain is something that can teach us, but it often teaches us things that we don't like and don't want to experience again. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes that's hard to manage and, and, and deal with. So yeah, they're just being some patience. And at the end of the day, allow that person their humanity. Yeah. In their humanity, they're maybe having a hard time getting to the place where they're ready to forgive. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've been there. Again, like you said earlier, remember how much you've been forgiven by the creator of all things. Yeah. And just be patient. So. Yeah. There's two more things. Do we, have, do we have a few more minutes? Yeah. Two more things that come to mind that I hear a lot that I think are worth worth noting and maybe we could talk about that um, are either misconceptions about forgiveness or things that can make it hard for people to forgive. One is I often get the question. So if I forgive somebody, does that mean I have to forget what happened? Because yeah. I know I can't forget what happened. Yeah. So does that mean I'm not forgiving them if, I've, if that's still in my memory? And what I would say to that is, you know, the Bible uses language about God forgetting our sins, but that's not literal. Like God doesn't actually forget our sins. What that's communicating is he doesn't treat us accord. You know, those sins aren't on his mind and he's not treating us in accordance with those sins. So he puts it away out of his memory, but he still knows that it happened. And sometimes remembering what happened can, can be wise. Like again, for discerning, how do I engage in relationship with this person in a, in a wise way going forward? So for example, if you steal 20 bucks from me, it might be wise for me to remember that and not lay out $20 bills around <laughs> you because, you know, I'm attempting you. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it does not mean we have to forget everything that happened. Now, we don't want to dwell on it. We don't want to rehearse what happened because right. that can um, cause bitterness to, to fester inside of us. But, you know, our memories, we can't just choose to erase things from our memories. Well, and, it, and it's, it's really kind of, kind of reductionist. Yeah. To say, because of this offense, none against me. That's the only thing that is real about this person. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not saying that flippantly and dismissively. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to do. But if all you see about someone is the offense that they've done against you, I think you're reducing them to just that one exactly. thing. Yeah. And that's kind of unloving. Mm-hmm. And 
and uncharitable towards yeah. them. And God calls us to act differently. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I get oftentimes are people will say, I want to forgive this person, but I'm, I'm hurting so much. Or maybe they even say, I, I think I've forgiven this person, but I'm still, I'm still hurting. I still feel the pain. Does that mean I haven't forgiven them? Mm-hmm. And I would say, no, not yeah. necessarily because forgiveness Forgiveness, in a sense, is a decision of the will. It's an event where we say, I'm committing to not not paying this person back right. or holding that debt over their head. And yet at the same time, it's also a process for our emotions to follow. As we commit to not dwelling on it, not treating this person according to their sins, not paying them back, you know, exacting revenge. Mm-hmm. As we do that day in and day out over time, the pain we feel will probably lessen, especially as we see the person changing, yeah. relationship different. Uh, but just because you're still hurting doesn't mean you haven't forgiven that person. You know, <laughs> saying I forgive doesn't race in that moment, all the pain. Right. So sometimes I find people get hung up on that a little bit. Forgiveness is a complicated, nuanced topic. And like so many things that we end up talking about on this show, it's case by case what yeah. it looks like. When we were coming into this episode, I started thinking, wouldn't it be great if people listening to this have kind of like a formula for what this looks like? And that's just not yeah. something we can offer because it, it looks different. But hopefully what we've given you today in a pretty quick hitter on this topic will be a good place to start. As always, if you guys have thoughts or questions or anything like that, reach out to us at our email address or connect with us on social media and we'd be happy to continue the conversation but jeff thanks for your insight today yeah you too i look forward to the one day when you write a book about this <laughs> so I so can, many good books out there. so i, I can say I forgiveness is an act of the will and a one-time event by jeff ballard is my favorite resource on this topic. And it's a process. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what we have for our Soul Care Matters podcast for this week. We'll be back with more. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Care Matters podcast. Join the conversation with us on Instagram by following us at College Park Soul Care or email us at info at collegeparksoulcare.com. We'll be back with more helpful conversations in the next episode of the Soul Care Matters podcast.